Chapter 25 Ben drove Ashley and her kids to the bank the following morning to set up the local accounts and to ask about her credit card limit. Ben went in to speak with the manager regarding Tina's house and discovered the bank was ready to put it on the market. The bank had attained legal ownership over the house and its contents, so it was no longer tied to the lawsuit. Ben found out how much they were going to ask and told the manager he could have a sale today if he'd let him buy it at asking for house and contents. The manager contacted head office and got permission to accept the offer. Ben called his lawyer, who already had the paperwork ready, and they made the transaction happen. With a big smile on his face, Ben walked out into waiting area and saw a despondent woman sitting with her kids. His mood dipped. What's wrong? I don't understand. I was sure I had a credit limit of $3,000 when I left Texas, but now they tell me the card is limited to $600. I don't know what I did to make that happen. I can't afford to do anything I need to do before Eli gets here, Ashley said, her lips trembling. Then thought for a second, Are you authorized to change the limit? What? she asked. Can you call in and ask them to increase the limit? Are you authorized on the account to do that? he asked. I didn't set up the card. Ely did. Ben caught the eye of the bank manager, who was also feeling really good, because Ben had saved his branch a lot of money in realty fees and headaches. The man came over with a smile. What can I do for you, Ben? Dan, is there any way to find out when a credit card limit is changed, and by who? he asked. Sure. I can just speak with the credit card company and ask for an activity report, the manager said. Can I ask you to check for activity on this card for the past three days? Ben handed him Ashley's card. Dan nodded and walked away. Ashley was looking at Ben with a worried expression. A few minutes later, the manager returned, handed the card back, and said that the card had been reverted to the initial credit limit at the request of the primary cardholder at Tenham yesterday morning via a telephone request. So the primary cardholder called the credit card data center, gave his validation information to prove he was who he said he was, and then requested the limit reduction. And he is the only one who can do that, Ben confirmed. That's right, Dan agreed. Okay, thanks very much, Dan, Ben smiled and shook the man's hand. He turned back to Ashley with a grim look. Do you know of any reason why your husband would send you all the way up here to deal with opening the house and getting your services online, only to take measures to ensure you didn't have the required funds to do it? Ashley looked scared, and the girls were wide-eyed as well. Ben realized he was growling, his face dropped. Oh, I'm so sorry, I wasn't angry with you. Please forgive me, as you heard from the manager, this wasn't your fault at all. I just don't understand your husband's actions. I haven't met him yet, so I'm trying to not form any impressions, but this is very confusing. Ashley nodded and bit her lip as she tried to think of what to do next. When is your husband going to be arriving? he asked. I don't know, she said, sounding lost. Ben looked stunned at the woman. She had no money because her husband had limited her funds. She was in a strange town with her three kids. There were loads of things she had to do to get their lives started in this new location. She had no money to do them, and no idea 
when the man who could resolve the money issue would arrive. Ben couldn't help her set up the services, as they had to be set up on her own working credit card, but he could make sure she and her family were fed. Wait a minute. There's no power on at your place, is there? Heat? Water? Telephone? Cable? He asked. She shook her head with sad eyes. So you can't cook the food you bought at the grocery store? You haven't had breakfast? The girls looked at him nervously but hopefully. Let's go take care of that now. Ben led them out of the bank and across the street to a family restaurant. He told them to order whatever they wanted, his treat. The teens ordered pancakes and bacon and chocolate milk. Ashley was going to have coffee, but Ben insisted she needed to keep her strength up for her family, so she ordered scrambled eggs, bacon and toast with her coffee. Ben didn't order anything as he'd had breakfast. While they ate, Ben discussed next things they could do, including registering the girls for school. He sent a text to Catherine quickly explaining Ashley's situation at home and asking if he could order some pizzas and bring the neighbours to her place to visit. Before brunch was over, Catherine responded with a yes for pizza dinner, she'd pay, and an invite to let the ladies sleep at her place until they got their services running. He sent her a thank you. Okay, we have dinner plans tonight at Catherine's place. I hope you like pizza, Ben smiled at the teens, and they grinned with powdered sugar from their pancakes on their faces. Ben turned to Ashley. You also have a warm place to stay tonight with running water. Catherine will put you up until your husband arrives to resolve these issues. Her two oldest daughters are staying at the university, so their rooms are available. He saw Ashley beginning to get teary-eyed. Please stop. No waterworks. This is just the hospitality you get when you move into our neighborhood. There are some really amazing people living there. I think you'll like them. Ashley pursed her lips together to stop her tears, then smiled broadly at Ben. That's better, he smiled. Gabriella will likely want a turn as well. Tomorrow I'm picking up a prototype I designed, and probably on Thursday. I'll be flying down to Austin, Texas for a little work. I'll likely be back on the weekend. Madison's and Savannah's eyes lit up when he mentioned Austin. Is that where you're from? he asked. They glanced at Ashley, and she nodded. Savannah and I were born there, but we moved to Houston, where Mama died and Daddy met our new Mama. Madison explained, and Ben nodded with a smile, but he felt a pang of sadness. They finished up their meals and Ben paid. Then he drove them to the high school where Ashley registered the teens while Ben took care of Joshua. When they were done, Ben had one more stop for himself. He picked up his passport, and the girls had a giggle at the bad photo of Ben inside. Then he drove everyone home. Ashley said they still needed to unload boxes, so they would do that while they had daylight. He suggested that they pack some clothes and toiletries for a couple of days, and meet at Catherine's place at 6.30 p.m. Before he left, he asked what they liked on their pizzas. He made gross, silly suggestions for toppings until he got the answers from the girls. He sent the order over Catherine by text. He went home and dropped himself in his chair in the living room. He wanted to punch someone, specifically someone driving up from Houston, Texas. Tina walked into the living room and sat on the ottoman by his feet. Did you call Hannah? she asked. Ben smacked his forehead. Sorry, Tina, I completely forgot. 
I got some excellent news at the bank. I now own your house. I'll pick up the keys from the bank tomorrow. It's the house and the contents. So unless someone stole something, the house should still have all of the stuff you had before. She looked at him nervously. He caught on immediately. No, I still want you here with me. Just if there was anything you wanted from it, hopefully it will still be there. Do you know how to drive? What kind of car did James have? A.W., she said, relaxing a little. Ugh! I'll be selling that immediately, Ben growled. What you will do immediately is call Hannah, Tina growled. Sorry, dialing, he said, lifting his phone to his ear. Administrator Cooper, she answered. Hi, Hannah, it's Ben. You were supposed to call me this morning, Hannah growled. There's a lot of growling going on, Ben replied. Tina has reason to growl if you don't listen to her instructions, Hannah complained. Sorry, it was a busy morning, Ben explained. Well, you missed the opening I was able to get for you. You'll just have to take it up with Dr. Granger on your session on Friday morning. Yeah, about that. I need to travel down to Texas on business, so I'm going to need to reschedule my Friday session. He said expecting a blow-up. Then, you need to put your mental health ahead of everything else. You know that, Hannah said gently, surprising him. Agreed, if there was something concrete to work with at this time. I had a momentary brain fart and a nightmare. That's it. And I don't even remember any details to discuss with the doctor. I have some people waiting on this solution. I've designed, and it will only take a few days to see if it works. Then I'm home, and we will see if there are any further issues then. Thank you both for your concern. But for now, I'm okay. Can I ask you to reschedule me for next week? I'll even do Monday if you want, Ben asked. I'll see if Dr. Granger has an opening early next week, Hannah said, but she didn't sound happy. Thank you, Ben replied. Call me when you get back from Tekus, she insisted. I will number four, he grinned. Oh, hush you, Hannah huffed, but Ben could hear the smile. They said their goodbyes and hung up. Tina was still looking at him with sad eyes. I'll talk to the doctor. Next week, Hannah is setting it up. Okay, he touched her chin gently. Okay. Ben pulled Tina onto his lap, and she rested her head on his chest. We're having pizza at Catherine's with the new neighbors. Their services aren't on yet, so no power, no heat, no water. They're staying with Catherine overnight, or until her husband shows up to adjust her credit card to get the services running. If you don't mind, I will stay home tonight, Tina said as she ran a finger over his chest. You don't like pizza, Ben said incredulous. I don't like pizza, she said, snuggling in. Fine, Ben chuckled and wrapped his arms around the petite woman. This felt like a wonderful way to spend an afternoon. It was shortly past 6.30 I.P.M. when Ben met up with Ashley and the teens on Catherine's front step. They had a couple of small suitcases with them, and Ben was carrying the clamp on high chair for Catherine's dining room table. Ashley smiled at his thoughtfulness. Is Tina not coming? she asked. Tina's otherwise occupied this evening, and incredibly, she's not a big fan of pizza. Crazy, right? he said to the teens who gave him a grin. He could see they were becoming much more comfortable around him. 
Catherine pulled the door open with a big smile and welcomed them in. Ben made the introductions, and their host insisted they all call her Cat. She explained that her daughter Megan was with her study group and would join them later. Ben affixed the high chair to the side of the table, then waited in the living room while Cat led the ladies upstairs to drop off their bags in the rooms they would sleep in. She led them all back down to the living room and told them the pizzas were on their way. Everyone got comfortable. How goes the unpacking? Ben asked. I'm so forgetful. I can't find the bolts to assemble the bed frames. I put them in envelopes, and I was sure I taped them to the headboards, but they're all missing, and the hoses for the washing machine. I was sure I put them inside the machine. I was sure I put them inside the machine, as I recall draining them, but they aren't there. I was so sure. But she shook her head in frustration and worry. Ben was watching Ashley when his mind suddenly locked on an image of an older woman, her face a picture of her broken spirit and a purple-black bruise on her cheek. Catherine asked Ben if he had any spare hoses and noticed he was staring off into space with a grim look on his face. Ben? Ben? Catherine called, becoming a little concerned. Sorry, what? he asked, a little dazed. You okay? she asked. Yes, just a little tired, I guess. Sorry, what were you saying? He tried to get his mind back in the conversation. I was asking if you had any spare hoses for the washing machine, Catherine repeated. No, they're easy enough to pick up at a hardware big box store, but you won't get to use them until you get your water turned on, which requires Ashley's husband to get here, he turned to Ashley. He'll just have to go to the store when he gets here. It's just past the grocery store. She nodded, but looked down. The doorbell rang and Catherine popped up. Pizza's here. I'll need helpers to carry it. Not you, Ben. You'll eat it all before we get to the dining room, she teased for the girl's benefit. They giggled as Ben frowned sadly. Ben led Ashley into the dining room. Ashley insisted he sit in the guest of honor seat and she sat on the other side of the high chair after she got Joshua situated. Moments later, Catherine, Madison, and Savannah walked in, loaded with boxes and bags. There were three large pizzas, chicken wings, two kinds of salads, and a variety of soft drinks. Madison and Savannah looked like they were in heaven and Ashley smiled at the teen's happiness. Once more, Ashley and the two teens clasped their hand and closed their eyes in prayer before they began to eat. The woman gave a grateful look to Ben and Catherine for waiting and remaining silent through their prayer. Megan arrived home and introductions were made. Ben informed the young woman that they'd registered Madison and Savannah at Megan's high school that day. Megan proceeded to fill in the two teens about the amazing clubs and after-school programs offered by the high school programs offered by the high school. The girls' moods took a nosedive, and Catherine discreetly signaled to Megan to change the subject. She switched to talking about which teachers were good and how to manipulate the not-so-good ones. Madison and Savannah perked up, but Ben could see they were still sad about the clubs. Ben tried to keep a smile on his face, but the idea that their father would prevent the girls from participating in the clubs, adding yet another black mark on his impression of the man. Ashley looked at Catherine and saw how she looked at Ben 
she was very confused at the relationships going on in this neighborhood. She saw Ben was a very nice man and would go out of his way to help his neighbors. She was grateful for his assistance and for introducing her to these nice people. She knew that once Eli arrived, she would have much less contact with them, so she was really enjoying herself now. She'd be punished later, but that was later. She saw there was a lull in the conversation, so she thought she'd see if Kat knew any anecdotes about Ben like Tina did. Last night, when we had dinner at Ben and Tina's place, she told us the story of how Ben saved her son. He saved us from a long walk home with our groceries the first day we met. Did he save you as well? She smiled at Catherine, who was grinning widely by this point. Ben looked nervous. Many of us think of Ben as a white knight riding into our rescue, and he has certainly proven willing to step up to that role when necessary. My fairy tale is a little different. When Ben was injured by that man with the club, he was rushed to the hospital, and it was touch and go for a time. It was touch and go for a time. So bad that he died four times before they finally managed to stabilize him. But by then, he was in a coma. For over two months, Ben rested in a sleep he wouldn't wake up from. Gabriella went to the hospital every day and sat by his bed, reading to him, freshening his flowers, giving him sponge baths. She froze as she realized she's divulged a secret. Ben's eyes went wide, as did Ashley's. Catherine pushed forward. Anyway, Ben had been in a deep sleep for over two months. I visited most nights after work, and Gabriella and I discussed measures for waking him. Ben's face began to go red as he figured out where this story was going. We'd exhausted everything and were getting a little desperate. We were standing next to his bed, looking down at his peaceful face, and I called him Sleeping Beauty. Gabriella suddenly looked at me with this big smile and said she was going to try kissing him awake. I heard the nurse coming, so I told her there wasn't time, but she went ahead and did it. She kissed him, and she jumped when she felt him returning her kiss. When I looked, Ben still wasn't moving, so I kissed him as well, and he kissed me so sensually it sent tingles right too. Well, it was very, very good. Then his eyes opened. He was back, she smiled at Ben drinking him in with her eyes. Now Ashley had no question in her mind that Catherine and Ben had shared more than just that one kiss. She looked at Ben and saw the blush burning up his neck and cheeks. He was studiously avoiding her eye. She thought the blush was charming, but how many women in this neighborhood were involved with him? With the kids at the table, this wasn't the time or place to ask that question. If she ever asked it, when you meet Gabriella, she has an amazing story to tell. Oh, and Rochelle has a white knight tale of her own now. Catherine gushed with a wicked smile on her face, her eyes practically twinkling with mischief as Ben scowled at her. Enough, Ben growled, and Catherine tried to suppress her smile, but the teens and Ashley visibly twitched in fear. Ben immediately regretted his outburst. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be so loud. Please forgive me, he said contritely. Megan saw the fear in the eyes of Madison and Savannah slowly fading, and she recalled a film they just watched in her social studies class on spouse and child abuse. She recognized the signs the girls and Ashley were displaying. She connected the dots 
to when she discussed the after-school activities. The dad must be the source of the trouble. She wasn't sure if she should ask them about it. She'd speak to her mom later. Ben thought it might be a good time to bow out before he put his foot in his mouth again. Thank you, Catherine, for a delightful meal. I think I'm going to head home. I'm beat, Ashley. I'll be out running errands tomorrow, so I don't know if I'll see you, but I believe Gabriella would like to meet you. I expect to be away until the weekend. I expect to be away until the weekend, but if you have any trouble, please feel free to contract Tina, Catherine, or Gabriella, and they can get in touch with me. Hopefully your husband will get here and resolve the services issue soon. Ben winced and shook his head as a headache suddenly spiked behind his eyes. He rubbed his temples. You okay, Ben? Megan asked. Yeah, just a headache, he sighed. When did that start? she asked. Just now. I should get going. Good night, everyone, he stood up and bowed to Madison, Savannah and Ashley getting a smile from them. Out of character for the private man, he pressed a kiss to Megan's temple and kissed Catherine on the lips in front of the guests, surprising both Megan and Catherine, who popped to her feet and followed him to the front door. Are you sure you're okay, Ben? she asked, concerned. He looked back and rubbed his temple. Yeah, it's just a headache. Thank you so much for looking after them. He looked again at her worried, loving eyes, and he leaned down and caressed her lips with his and gently nibbled on her lush, lower lip. Catherine sucked in a breath and gripped his jacket as tingles shot down her spine. A quick caress of her upper lip with the tip of his tongue fired more sparks, and he pulled back with a gentle smile. Good night. Catherine's eyes flared with need. I thought you said no more kisses like that before we go our separate ways. Oh, right. Well, next time, he grinned as he stepped outside. He walked home and went inside. Tina was in the living room, and she came to see him when he grimaced and rubbed his temple. You are home early. What's wrong? she asked. I just need a couple of painkillers. Got a headache, he grumbled. Tina hustled down the hall to the master bathroom as he followed. He sighed as he could have gotten his own pain meds. The sink ran then. She was before him with two tablets and a glass of water. He gratefully took them and swallowed the water. He pulled off his clothes and Tina collected them. Then he crawled under the covers. He opened his eyes and Tina was standing beside the bed, looking at him with a worried expression. Tina, please. It's just a headache. I'm going to shut off the light and go to sleep. In the morning I will be fine, he said, and she nodded. She emptied the pockets of his pants onto the dresser and left the bedroom as he shut the light off. Then she dropped his dirty clothes into the laundry bin in the hall. Tina walked back and waited in the hall outside the door until she heard his breathing deepen, indicating he was asleep. She made her way to the kitchen and dialed Catherine's number. Hello? Hello, Catherine. It is Tina. Is something wrong? Cat immediately asked. No. He took headache medicine, and now he is sleeping. Did something happen with Ben at the dinner? Tina asked. No, I don't think so. He left earlier than I was expecting, and I don't remember Ben ever having a headache before, Cat said. Did he behave differently or strangely? Tina pressed. Catherine thought about it. 
Well, he was a little distracted earlier, but only for a moment. He got the headache later, aside from that he seemed fine when he left. That man's kiss takes you halfway to the moon, Megan. You didn't hear that, she said to the side of the phone. Obviously her daughter was nearby and listening. Tina actually felt a little better, hearing Ben was able to get affectionate with Catherine. That was expected behavior. She sighed and smiled. Tina suddenly recalled she'd been on the phone with Hannah the previous night when Ben had yelled in his sleep. Thank you, Catherine. I will speak with you tomorrow. She hung up and listened for Ben, but there was only silence. She relaxed and finished tidying the kitchen. Ben was sitting up in bed, his eyes wild and his throat locked in a silent scream. Finally, his body relaxed and he sat there panting and confused. He flopped back down, and in seconds he was asleep. Tina slipped into the room, undressed, and got under the covers next to Ben. His body relaxed as she pressed against him, and Tina smiled. 